0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Athlete Angle. I had the privilege to talk with former pro basketball player and fellow Gator, Patrick Young. Patrick and I talked about the importance of making friends outside of your team while you're still in school and how this can help you gain perspective about the world outside of your sport. We covered how the injuries he endured while he was playing helped redefine his priorities in life outside of basketball, and what he did when he decided to retire. One of those things to pay attention to here was his mindset coming into his transition. One of his quotes that I thought was so good and such a good reminder is that there is no such thing as an insignificant season. We covered how treating people well will pay dividends for you later, the kind of mindset he had walking into his job for the first time post-sport, and the hallmarks of a good community what's up guys welcome to the athlete angle i'm your host mc bell do you feel like you're walking aimlessly through life after sports do you feel lost without your sport and unsure of how to find confidence in your purpose it's like the second you hung up your cleats or walked off that field you've been drifting ever since well I'm here to tell you that you are not alone, my friends. You are one of thousands of student and professional athletes that struggle with transitioning into life after sports. Join me this week as we work to unravel the confusing journey of life post-sports, gain clarity in your purpose, and find confidence in your identity so you can flourish in life after sports. Let's dive in. I would love to start from the beginning. Let's start simple. Why did you fall in love with basketball? Where did that passion come from?
1: Well, I, for me starting off, I didn't fall in love with basketball uh, in my life. Baseball was my first love. Oh, uh, still kind of is. It's just, it's hard to watch it. Actually, I was hanging out with, uh with our buddy, Andrew, he came over last night and he and I were watching uh, game five um of the world series. And, um, I was like, man, it's so much better watching baseball when you're like with somebody to talk talk to and stuff. like basketball is high, high energy and there's like constant things going on. Football is, you know, trumps all sports, as people say. Well, baseball sometimes is a little bit <laughs> harder to watch, uh, because the games are slower, but it's it's a great shared experience. Uh but for me, yeah, baseball was the first sport. Actually, the first team I played for in T ball was the Gators, uh, was the team name. And um, really thought that'd be the direction I'd go because I did love it. I was pretty good at baseball. Um, I didn't I liked basketball, but I wasn't very good. Um, i I didn't relate to people as well in it I was a little bit of an awkward kid growing up. but I mean, who is it when you're growing up Every, right you're, you're awkward. you know, you, don't, you know you don't really care about what's cool. You're just trying to you like what you like and you express yourself in the purest form. and uh, you know you can, can't you can get picked on uh because of that because you're different um but it wasn't until I was still playing I was a dual sport athlete but primarily loved baseball it wasn't until I got to high school where you know I'm six foot five and I'm really starting to get that coordination you need a lot of coordination to play basketball and really starting to get figure out my body and uh I could dunk finally like consistently and I was getting scouted and uh, baseball was okay I was at a at a high school where uh the team wasn't that great so it, it just it was like a shift kind of uh going from my sophomore to junior year and also you know to be truly vulnerable and candid here i I started slipping on my grades Uh-oh. Uh, I was I was at a mag, uh, a college prep high school so it wasn't it's a difficult high school here in Jacksonville Paxson but my mother she doesn't accept average uh, <laughs> she doesn't accept C so when I came home with like three C's on my report car she was like all right you're gonna have to make a decision here it's baseball or basketball and and for me at the at the time the right decision for me was to, to fully go into basketball and you know the rest is history from there
0: wow that's a good mom
1: yeah, yeah it's a great mom
0: also it's what is great... it like to dunk I'm strong five too so I'm not I I no. don't know what is the
2: well, experience?
1: you know what you should do you should you should get a, you should uh Get someone to lower the hoop. I'm not sure what your, your jumping ability is, uh, but you should get someone to lower the hoop to seven foot five <laughs> and just give it a try. And see, you know, obviously it's not the same as a 10 foot, but you get an opportunity to do it. My wife, she's five foot four. And uh, she, had, when I was up in, in Craig Hospital doing my recovery, there was a basketball hoop out there. We lowered the hoop and she, she got the dunk. She, okay. she did it. And she was like, wow, this is actually pretty hard. I'm like, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> like, but anything with repetition, you do it a lot, it, it gets a lot easier. Uh, it's a great feeling, especially when you do it in the game, um, when you do it on somebody in their face. It, it is definitely an adrenaline pump. It doesn't feel good to get dunked on.
0: No, I'm sure. sure. Humbling.
1: <laughs> it's very humbling. yeah, Because <laughs> then the replays and everybody knows it was you. And nowadays, this this generation that's coming up, they want you to make sure you know that you got dunked on. Like, it's like we're, we're going back to the days of uh, Sean Kemp where you could point at somebody and, and like make sure that, hey, I want you to know that I embarrassed you and you're not going to forget about it. <laughs> Terrible.
0: I'm glad I didn't pick up basketball. It was definitely had a lot of heart, not a lot of skill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I appreciate you uh, having a respect and love for the game, though.
0: oh yeah high school I loved it in high school our team was good though so it was easy to be like oh yeah I would love to go to a basketball game baseball like you said it's a lot easier when you have a shared experience
1: yeah for sure and the food's good you know that that concession food hey
0: that's true it hits (laughs) it hits different you know it's different (laughs) okay so did you see yourself going into college playing basketball was that something that well I mean you said you you fell in love with baseball first, but was this playing sports in college and professionally was that a goal that you had for yourself?
1: Um, I would say it was it was a dream. Um, it wasn't something I grew up just saying, "Oh, I know this is what I want to do." And be, uh, I never felt like that pressure, or expectation from my family or household. They they weren't, you know, my mother is an is an, is a scholar. She's an academic. She uh she's not very athletic she loves sports she loves watching but she never played and my dad played football um but he was never going to be the person to push you into something if you want to do it and you want to be good he's going to help facilitate that um so I was just very present uh I was just very present so when I started getting recruited uh, for college basketball it was very overwhelming because I i was like what the heck is going on like this is crazy uh getting all these letters uh because i was going like i recruiting my i wasn't getting recruited really my freshman year and it was my sophomore summer where i just got that coordination and really started figuring things out and i blew up in the summer um and all of a sudden i became a top 20 player in the country Uh, just with my athleticism my build my energy uh, potential and I'm like what does all this mean like and I'm getting these reports oh Patrick Young has potential to be a top draft pick and all this stuff and I'm like what the heck do I do with all this expectation what the heck do I do with Mm -hmm. Uh, like I like no one's prepared me for this my parents didn't come like my dad uh, he's a football guy he didn't you know, he's, he wasn't involved in like the AAU basketball circuit and knowing all these coaches and all this stuff that could help prepare their, you know, prepare me for what to expect and to start thinking of like, hey, like the next level is right there and the NBA. Like, so it was, it was really kind of learning as we went and I was so just focused on the present. Um But, you know, I wish I did have a little bit more preparation and understanding of what it means to be a pro, because I feel like that's an expression that is spoken of all the time. Oh, be a pro, be a pro. What does that mean? Mm
2: -hmm. You
1: know, you know, you can say like uh, this expression, it's more caught than taught um, that I need to see it. I need to know what that actually looks like. And, and, you know, for those that are going to listen, you know, a professional is someone that. Um, understand when it comes to being an athlete your body is your business your and you have a short time span of how long you're going to be able to do that and that's for everybody father time is undefeated always has been always will be so it's like how can I maximize this window and get better and improve myself and take care of my body all those things because like when you're a kid you don't understand that your diet how it affects your performance or like the importance of being on time, the importance of the weight room, the importance of uh, what it looks like to sacrifice your social life or saying no to things. So you can make sure you're, you perform. It's all about being able to put yourself in a position where you can perform, continue to improve and show your value and do that for as long as possible. So like, is this helping me towards doing that? This thing, this decision, yes or no. Okay. Then I need to do that. Or I don't need to do that. And I'm like, I did not grasp that when I was um younger so it it uh it affected it affected you know my time at in college and my time as a as a pro because you don't wait to become something to start being it. you can start acting like that at, at the present moment before it happens because you know if you start trying to act like it once you get that position it's you're you're kind of behind at that mm. point so uh, that's exactly what I experienced when I Got to college for the first few years at least and uh grateful I had a fantastic coach and mentor and Billy Donovan to help um give me some tough love when I needed it but he paved the way for me to understand what that looks like
0: do you remember a specific moment or a time where you feel like you finally got to that point where you're like okay I'm acting like a professional athlete
1: gosh um It probably wasn't until, if we're talking about my college years, it probably wasn't until my, really my senior year, junior and senior year, where I figured out um, what it takes to maintain greatness, to strive for that, um, what practices should look like, uh, and the joy that actually comes in, in with that as well. Because... It's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, because you have to deny yourself of the things that you want to do other sometimes, but understanding that, Hey, you have a long-term goal and vision within yourself versus this short-term pleasure. uh, And yes, that thing feels, you know, whatever it may be for that, that moment of time. But like I said, that athletic window you have is so small. Why would you want to waste some, you know, getting 1% better, you know, 1% better at the free throw line or something like that. For example, getting some extra shots in versus wanting to go home early so you can get home and play video games. Like that stuff matters. Um, and I, even, even it, as a pro, as a pro, there were areas I could have improved because once you actually do become a professional, when money is involved, um, team, a team will find you. They will, uh, you know, put a bad, uh a, a bad uh, reputation give you a bad reputation and it affect uh your future earning so um, mm. all this stuff really matters and if you can start to gain those habits and the professionalism um showing up on time being um early like that's what it takes if you want to maximize your career uh but you know it also translates to life and I know we're going to dive into that but it translates directly into life after sport um that it is important for you to realize when you're in the real world you, and you have a boss, they will send your butt home.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Or they will, they will, they will send you home. And um, that's gonna affect your family and and everything around you. So it's it, it was a great learning process for me and in transitioning into the real world for sure.
0: So you you were taken by surprise initially when you made it to college and you had a great career in college did you expect to find yourself at the professional level or was that were you okay with you know not playing basketball again after your senior year
1: no i expected to play professionally um i wanted to be drafted obviously i wanted to play in the nba longer than i did and it's just a shame that um uh, you know guys that end up staying in college a little bit longer uh, not that it, not that you can't get drafted, but it's very rare that a four-year guy does get drafted nowadays. Um, you know, uh, what's his name, Abachi, the guy just from Kansas, um, uh, the guard. He was the senior that he ended up going in the first round. He's doing really well, but uh, it's really rare. That, you know, now it's all based off potential and leaving at a younger age, and it's it's just tough because it's like college is, it's an experience that. You know, no nothing else can replicate um, to have those four years, the opportunity to play under a coach where you can really learn your game and refine yourself and um, get to experience the world in a different way. Because when you're in college, there's so many different points of view and people coming from all over. Um, like when you go to the professional world, you become a professional athlete. You're kind of in that small niche of just, you know, people that play basketball uh, just, just in that small basketball world versus experiencing life of people from all around doing all types of different things, all types of different passions um, that prepare you to to learn things. Like one of the biggest pieces of advice I give I give younger guys that are going in college and playing professional, I say make friends that have nothing to do with basketball make friends that have zero uh, yeah of course they want to they're going to be a fan they're going to support you ex- ex- uh, whatever but they will introduce you and and you'll learn a lot of different things other than just saying in that small circle of people that all have the same exact interests as you
2: mm-hmm. um
1: and, and like that that was huge for me especially when i played overseas because uh, i would always get close with the young guys the younger players on um my teams overseas because more than likely, they're um, they're not married yet, so they have more free time, and they're willing to uh, show me around and teach me things about the culture. So it, it made my experiences so much better, and um, made me really really love um, you know because it was hard. And you're overseas overseas for ten months out of the year. Yeah. You want to make the most of that time. So um, that's that's some advice I give to, to to guys, people in general. Have friends that have different interests than you. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's vital to the human experience instead of just, you know, staying and doing the same thing and never branching out and learning something different.
0: Some people get used to the comfortability of, of knowing the same things and being around the same people, but some people love the change and they thrive off of the uncertainty of what they're learning and what they're growing in. Would you say you're the latter?
1: Um... Yes and no. I think there's a balance to it um, because there is a level of comfort once you find something that you really do love to do and want to stay in that. But also like, you know, learning and experiencing life, like life is too short not to strive and seek new things because people are passionate about so many different things and find fulfillment. So why can't you try to Expand your spectrum of things that you're passionate about as well. Yes, like have your strengths and things that you're really good at, uh, that you know you can fall back on, or um, you know that you have a. But but also like challenge yourself. A lot, a lot of people once they finish uh, high school, they're like, all right, I'm not going to learn or try anything else new. Like I am just going to stay and do these same things. That's all I like to do. And I'm like, but there's so much more to life. There's so much more to try and see uh, and even if you don't like the thing that at least you tried it, at least you can have a perspective versus saying, oh that's stupid. I would never do that. Uh, like my daughter, for instance, sometimes it's it's you know how it is with kids it's hard to get them to try new foods mm-hmm. um, and it's just awesome when she we convince her to finally try something new. sometimes she doesn't like it, but when she does, it's like, hey, yeah, we're trying to tell you like you know just because it's it's healthy, doesn't mean it's going to taste bad. Like, yes, there are some healthy things and you're right because you say some healthy stuff just doesn't taste good. I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. But, <laughs> you know, we're, we're thinking big picture that, uh, you know, to, to live longer and to stay, um, have a great quality of life. Sometimes you have to do the uncomfortable things to maintain your body, but also there's some stuff that's healthy for you, a healthier alternative that tastes great as well. But if you don't try, you'll never know. And you can't. We say you cannot judge something uh, like a new food or something until you try it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's where I've I've been in a lot of places where I'm like, you know, I'm going to. It's why I enjoy having friends that say, hey, let's try this. I'm like, all right, let's I'll give it a try. I might like it. I might not. And if I do like, dang, I got to do that again. Like the first time I went um, clay shooting, um, shooting clays, uh, I I fell in love with that. Like it's like golf. To an extent. Yes. It's called a redneck golf. Some people say that. I don't know,
2: <laughs> I don't know if
1: that's a, you know, people can be offended by that. I don't care. Gotta, I, like, I like that expression. It's fun. It's fun getting to shoot a shotgun. Um, it's, a ch- it's challenging. It's different. Um, So, but I would have never learned that if I didn't have friends that, that enjoyed it and um, gave me the opportunity to join in them with their, their passion.
0: It's also cool. You, you almost get the key to different culture like you get to open the door to something different than like what you're saying like completely different than what you're used to what is comfortable for you and then you almost get I feel like you have more of those fly on the wall moments where you get to watch your friends enjoy the things they're passionate about too yeah and it's that gets me every time and it's funny because usually especially when you're an athlete, or you're like, oh, I can play a new sport. It's fine. Like, I'll just, huh. you know, let me just like get on this pickle court real quick. Let me go surf real quick. I'll be fine. I'll pick it up. And I realized there are definitely sports that I'm not great at, like surfing, but I love it. Oh, yeah. And it, really? And it's freeing because I get to sit on a board and watch my friends absolutely really? crush it. And it makes yeah. me happier than I would if I was catching my own waves, which is fun. But I get to, you know, when being in, you know, God's creation, but I also get to watch my friends do something that they're built for, you know?
1: No, no, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, I didn't think about it from that aspect, but yeah, like as athletes, we become so understandably so uh, because, you know, we're focused on our career. Like we get so egocentric and focused within ourselves and being passionate about what we do and, and making it and doing better. Um, but that's that perspective of humility and getting to see somebody else do something that they're passionate about in a different sport. Like for me, when I uh, when I was in Florida, um, I, I became good friends with a lot of the lacrosse players the, the girl, uh, women's lacrosse team. Cool. And I didn't know much about lacrosse. And, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to come out here and support my girls like they're they're great. They're awesome people to be around. And I, I came to fall in love with the sport and seeing, because they were, Florida, was, uh, I think it was like their first full class that they ever had. Mm. Um, and I was like, these girls are awesome. And the sport's almost somewhat like basketball at some points. And mm. I would, but I would have never learnt, uh, learned that. Um, uh, like how how they have set plays, like their, their defenses, their, like all their rules. And I'm like, and then there, there's the fans out there that have the cheers and stuff. They're really. I'm like, man, I, I'm so glad I came out here. I, I went to multiple games to support the girls, um, and to watch them do their thing because they came to support us as well. And it did. It brought me so much great joy uh, to see them doing their thing and to learn about the sport. I can never play lacrosse. So it's something you got to start, <laughs> like having like the stick skills. Uh, but you know, it. I'm. I when I get to see it on TV, I have su- such a greater appreciation for it
2: now.
0: That's awesome. I never thought about lacrosse is similar to basketball. And I I also yeah. don't know a lot about lacrosse either. I just know they're insane. Um insanely they, amazing tough. guys,
1: <laughs> the guys hit each other so hard sometimes. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, that's not for me. That's
0: that's not a foul. Yeah. Are you sure? That's not for
1: me. They no, no. <laughs> Like they they hit each other with that stick. They're uh, they're bruised up like crazy underneath all their all their stuff.
0: Oh yeah. I don't yeah I mean I guess soccer could be pretty like intense but not not let me whack you intense it actually you brought me you brought up a great point what did from an egocentric point when you were being drafted and you were playing in college all of that brought a lot of attention around your game and who you are and what you do but people knew you as an athlete what did that do for your identity
1: that's a great question um and I want to trans- transition or bring this into my faith because, uh, you it. know, when you're when you're uh, an athlete at a high level, and um, you're getting recruited and you have all these expectations and people are telling you how great you are and when all the like absolutely it's going to start going to your head. Absolutely, you're going to start seeing your identity and value correlate to that. To your performance, through your expectations, through all this stuff. And what I struggled with was when I started um, coming to faith, like first I struggled because I had, I allowed those things that the, the, the external influences, the noise to influence what I thought about myself and how great I thought I was and how um, maybe how hard I did not have to work to become this athlete and make it. That, I, you know, you have you have expectations and an unmet reality is going to equate to frustration. You're, you're going to get angry. You're like, why isn't thing aren't things going the way
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I thought they were supposed to go? And then, you know, that's that's when you start becoming uncoachable and um, your pride gets in the way. So um, what I realized when I when I, you know, I grew up going to church, I grew up in the church in the church with a, a, a fantastic family. Um, but it just didn't because sports I had been so ingrained in me my identity was kind of like Patrick, oh he's the star athlete versus you know me wanting to say oh Patrick he's the the man of God man of faith that also plays sports uh so when I came to college um there was an organization called athletes in action and it helped me to realize that hey you do not perform for God like you do not earn, Uh, his love and favor you do not um like you can't you can't uh add anything to what jesus has already done Mm -hmm. that it is finished and the analogy that i like to use is that um you know there's there's a there's a a basketball team i'll say there's a sports team a basketball team fill in the blank that you want to try out for and but because of our sin because of our shortcomings we're not even good enough to try out for the team. We can't even, we can't even get on the court to try out for the team. So Jesus comes in, he does all the work. He does all the sacrifices. He runs all the sprints. He learns the plays. He leads the team to the championship. Not only does he lead the team to the championship, he wins the championship. And guess what? Yeah. he's, He's at the parade. He's at the parade on the championship and he's got, he's got his ring and he says, Hey, Patrick, come up here you're a champion too let me put a ring on your finger hold this trophy let's take a picture put the t-shirt on the hat on and I and you're like and he's like you're a champion like just like me like you're up here with me like it's like would you feel as though you earned or deserved any of that no No. not even a little bit and yet you're calling me a champion like I get to be a part it's like yeah And, and that was so hard for me to grasp that because of my sin because of um, my shortcomings—that I I can't just I can't earn my way to salvation or earn my favor with God. Jesus had already done everything for me. I just have to accept the gift. Mm-hmm. It's not a gift if you have to work for it, if you have to earn the gift. And it took me a while to figure that out, um, to grasp it, because as an athlete, everything you do, performance-based, is like more shots in the gym, more film, if I do this and sacrifice this and that, it's going to equate to me earning this praise and recognition and value. So my identity was so caught up in working and earning and doing that it it took me a while to grasp like, no, like once you accept this gift from Jesus, from his sacrifice and and the work that he's already put in, you have identification now. You are are now more than a conqueror. You're now a child of God. You are now all these great things that I didn't have to earn to do. And it's still sometimes, you know, uh, that human nature and athlete mindset can kind of yeah. kick into day of like, Hey, I need to read my Bible, uh, this much time. And it's like, no, like, yeah, that's great. But it's not about me earning or doing, but just being living in the identity that I've already been given. So, um, yeah, that, that is changed that when I was finally able to live and realize that it changed my life.
0: That is so good. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I've never heard that analogy before, but it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. <laughs> I need yeah. to process that for a second. I, I don't remember
1: where I don't remember where I heard that or if I just I just I think I, I think I remixed it from something else somebody else had. And I was like, yeah, that that is like spot on.
0: Copyright that. Patrick Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did that do for when you actually retired?
1: Um that's a great question. So well with within my career, I struggled. Um I had a lot of injuries. So my I, I struggled with through those injuries through my ACL and among other things, of like my identity as an athlete was this. Energetic, athletic, um, energy guy that was blocking shots, dunking, just could switch one through five, just bringing all types of chaos on the court. And injuries, oftentimes, like depending on the the level of it, it can. It, if you're based like based on athleticism, that's why you you know you look at a guy like Chris Paul or Steph Curry. Yes, they're athletes, but they don't rely on their athleticism. You know, a guy like Blake Griffin early in his career if you took his athleticism away, you know, what kind of basketball player would he be? Mm-hmm. So for me, I struggled because I couldn't be as effective as I was before um, the injury. So I just got frustrated, got a little sad. It's like, oh man, I really love the game, but I can't do what I used to do. Like I can be effective, I can help, but I want to be like the guy that really, like teams have to fear me because they don't have anybody to stop me. That's the kind of guy that, when I was playing overseas but because of my injuries um and just all all types of other stuff I was like you know what I'm missing out on so much of life being over here overseas you know it my injuries helped me to to um reframe my mind and and realize what matters the most Mm -hmm. and that was my family uh the experiences I had like I wasn't able to go to church when I was overseas uh, being staying staying connected to a community and and really being able to impact others because like I played basketball I was like I played basketball long enough I've done this There's so much more to life that I I want to experience So it wasn't too hard for me to walk away from the game It's mm-hmm. uh, because I knew for one I couldn't do the things and love the game as much as I I, I used to um, But it was a transition of like all right Now what like I'm back home here with the family. Um, what is, what's going to be the next thing for me? Am I going to be able to find something I'm just as passionate about, uh, when it comes to like basketball, it's going to bring me alive or whatever it may be. And, you know, at first, no, I wasn't able to find that. I wasn't able to find really anything. I kind of just sat on my hands for a while and just enjoyed what I could enjoy. I spent time with my friends and things I couldn't do during my six, seven years I was playing pro uh, enjoy times with friends, holidays, birthdays, like you're overseas from August to, to, uh, May, pretty much sometimes even June. So you, you might get two months at home. So you miss majority of all that stuff. Mm. Uh, so I, I, just like, you know, what, let me just enjoy being at home and, and just like rest in this because, uh, there is, I don't believe there's anything, there is no such thing as an insignificant season in life because, once you say that, you're saying, and you accept that as a truth that oh, this part of my life, it doesn't matter that much. No, like, life is, all of life is a blessing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All of the human experience. And yes, not all of it's great, but hey, at least you get to experience it. At least you get to live. So I was like, you know, this is a quiet period of my life right now, but I'm going to trust God and just wait to see what, what doors are opened. And yeah, I was able just to, to kind of rest in that. And it was, thankfully, I had money saved up. So it wasn't like I was, you know, tripping over, um, oh, man, how am I going to make money? How am I going to do this? I I could just kind of wait and see. And um, trust God was going to open some doors, and and that he did.
0: What doors did he open?
1: So um, the first one that he ended up opening for me was a job with Tim Tebow's company here in Jacksonville called Campus. It's a tech job. It was my my first, obviously... non-basketball professional job and I I felt as though I was absolutely underqualified for it Um, but I did during that time my last few years of playing start. I went and got my master's degree at the University of Florida so I finished that up in 2021 Um, so it did help me to to prepare me for life after basketball a little bit more Um, and just I had you know my boss at the time He said, hey, I'm going to take you under my wing and you're going to learn from me. So that was Mm -hmm. that was super helpful in that process. And then also um, my dream job, because my undergraduate degree was in telecommunications. uh, He I I got connected with ESPN. I got connected with the SEC network. And um, originally I spoke with him back in 2020, right before COVID um, happened. Uh, and so, so like me getting a job at that time when I was, I was still kind of playing around then too, uh, it, it just, it, it wasn't going to happen to hiring. They weren't hiring at that time. So I just stayed in contact. And that's why, like, you know, when it comes to thinking about life after sports for athletes that are going to listen, it's important how you, how you treat people now is so important. How you how you how you show up every day, because you never know. We don't know what life's gonna gonna hold, you know, if, if you're gonna be able to play next year, whatever. We don't know what life is gonna hold for us. Mm-hmm. Um I have in store, I should say. Uh, but the seeds that you plant now, and I'm not saying use people, I'm saying be genuine and love people. Mm-hmm. Like love people and use things, it's not the other way around. Don't don't use people and love things because people see that. People see fakeness they see when you're inauthentic because both of these these careers that i have now and you know the help that i've had my foundation i'm not saying it's all because of me but because i treat people like they're people and love them and are kind people have been so willing to help me open doors for me and and are willing to um you know exert themselves a little bit more and extend themselves to help help open the door and move things for you to make it happen so uh, because of that, because of the seeds that I planted with how I treated people, um, it helped me so much with my transition.
0: Mm, that is so good. Treating people away and treating people away like you're loving yourself. God loves you and then you love others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's, it's the greatest command. Love, love your neighbor as you love yourself.
0: For a really good reason.
1: <laughs> really good reason. Absolutely.
0: So I want to backtrack a little bit. You said you felt underqualified for your first position. Why was that?
1: Well, I had never had a job like that before where I'm like clocking into the c- computer and sending emails <laughs> and reaching out to universities and um, f- selling the company, et cetera. So I'm like, are you sure you want me to, you know, to run this? Like I was the head of business development for my first non-sports related job. So I, that's where I just kind of felt like, are you sure that this is what you want me to do? Like, um, but, you know, it, If sometimes it's better to be underqualified but have the right character and mindset and humility versus being overqualified or qualified for that job and not have that humility of like, all right, I need to learn, I need to, I still need to um, uh, put myself in a position that I don't know everything because you don't, no one does. Hmm.
2: Because
1: if I come into this position with a mindset of pride and I don't deliver you know, that could be really bad. They're like, Hey, I thought you could do this. You said you couldn't like, uh, you know, that's not a good position to be in. So, uh, it up working, working out really well. You know, I'm one year in and I do feel qualified at, at this point. I feel really good about, um, the job that I have and how I, how I do it.
0: That's awesome. I love that sense of honestly, having a sense of humility, I feel like saves you from a lot of heartache and pain that you don't need to go through to be honest but coming from an athletic standpoint I think it could be easy to especially if you have your identity in your sports still and you're still learning to transition you want to get into something where you feel good and that you're good at it um, to regain that confidence because you know that period where you're like what do I do like how do I answer the question now what you're you know, you're still trying to figure out what do I do with myself? Like, what do I do with my ego? What do I do with the confidence that I had? And now mm-hmm. that I don't have, like, where do I find that? So I love that you, that was your, your answer. Yeah.
1: But I definitely don't want anyone to discount the confidence that they have in themselves of like, you know, cause how you show up in your sports is how you live your life. Like if you are a hard worker, be confident in that. If you if you know that you're going to be coachable and that you know that you're going to put the time in, you know you might not know it now, but you know that in pro in the process and and going through the day by day that you're going to figure it out like be confident in that. you know, absolutely have the humility humility looks good on everybody like it I I don't care if you know everything or not. Humility is something that is so one of my favorite qualities to see in people, especially that have made it and have found success that Mm -hmm. are willing to continue to learn and pass their knowledge on and have that patience with people versus someone like someone that's prideful and, and, and points the finger. And like, I, gosh, I I, I probably wouldn't have taken the job if that's how my boss was at the time um, when he, when he did approach me to hire me for the company.
0: Why was community so important uh, once you retired and you were trying to get back on your feet,
1: community. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, great question. Uh, yeah, uh, community. Oh, gosh, that's huge. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, thinking about retiring and you you come back home, you know, like you you want to have a tribe around you that's gonna that first off they love you for you, mm-hmm. they, and what I mean is they they're not they're, their their mm-hmm. love isn't based on what you do like you being the athlete their love is based on you as the person that way they you know you don't have to feel as though you need to feel some feel some expectation of performance around them that you can actually let your hair down take your mask off and be yourself you can be vulnerable you can say hey uh i want to f- i need help figuring out what to do next can you know help being able to ask for help in that <sighs> community
2: that's or a big also one
1: like, Oh, right. Or also just like having a community of people that are going to help elevate you that are, you know, you don't want to be around people, especially once you start having goals, like you're like, what do I do next? You know, what what, I, I want to do something around this area or whatever. And you can share those things with people that are going to say, all right, you know, maybe there's a way I can help. Maybe I can lead you in this direction. Maybe I can. But you know they're not going to bring you down away from your goals and visions, mm-hmm. um, but also you know having the chance just to have fun and get away from get away from that that worry. You know that, that's what I was able to do. Like when I got got back home, I was able to have fun and go to the beach and and play spike ball and all these things that I hadn't been able to do that just helped me. Like, hey, I, I love life. Life is way more than just basketball and these people that are my friends and family they just love me love that I'm here like that what that that community aspect gave me such a sense of uh, wholeness without mm. needing something else to prove that I didn't have to prove anything to anyone in that moment in time I mean I still feel like I don't um, need to prove anything I can just be you know as an athlete you have to prove year in year out night in and night out that you know you can um fill this standard and help your team win or help if you're an individual, individual athlete that you can win that you deserve this ranking that you deserve this praise and it's like no like community you don't have to prove anything just prove your love for people and how genuine you are in showing up for them um every day.
0: Hmm. Wow, that is amazing. I feel like I'm saying that's amazing after every answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I need a sign. Wow. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: So you've essentially, you had the time to establish your identity in Christ. You had some time to understand who you were outside of your sport, what more there was to you, um, the kind of community that you wanted around you and, and the purpose of having those people there and being able to experience it then this past summer you had an accident what mm-hmm. did those lessons and having that support do for you
1: so yeah um for people that are listening I don't know uh I was yeah, you know, retired um in 2020 2020 then I uh you know had a little bit of time to figure out what was next um reconnected with my now wife uh, in 2021 um I got the job with ESPN. I got the job with campus in October and uh, went through the whole season of basketball. And we were, my wife and I, my fiance at the time, we were preparing for our wedding and um, it was going to be July 9th of this year. And I got in a car accident on June 29th. That's left me for the time being paralyzed from my waist down 10 days before the wedding.
2: Mm.
1: Can you imagine, you know, no. how, how, you know, a life changing. Thing like that affects your faith, and but you know that's why I'm so grateful for those the foundation. Like I was going through a scripture with my wife or with my daughter. We start doing Bible time in the morning, and the word talks about building your foundation in Mm -hmm. Matthew. Jesus says, you know, a wise man builds their foundation on the word of God, on the under, and what does that mean? On the understanding that God is sovereign that he sees and knows everything, nothing happens without him allowing it, that God is good, that God is faithful. And living through that lens versus, you know, building a foundation of your life on sand,
2: mm-hmm. on
1: something, on things that are going to change, on your, me me building it on my control, on like whatever that may be, Those those things that change, what's cool, what's normal, what this world says. And because I planted those seeds and built that foundation, and I'm not saying it's like an an exact formula that it just happens like that, but because I had that base, I was able to reframe my mind from like, hey, there's no circumstance that you face that changes the way God feels about me, that changes God's love, that changes God's promises, that uh, it's crazy. The word, like I was reading this morning in, in the book of James, it says that we are to consider it pure joy when faced with trials of various kinds. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, gosh, I'm supposed to consider this craziness that I'm in this trial as a, as an opportunity of pure joy. But if that's the way that it's defined, all right, how can I be joyful? I can practice gratitude. Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm alive. Uh, I have a great family, a great support. Um, I mean, the list goes on of the blessings I can count, um, but knowing that I have a hope in future that those, and, and it goes on that those that can withstand the test will receive the crown of life. That also like God came to give us a, a the Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy, mm-hmm. to distract, to make it really, he make he, he wants us to doubt the goodness of God. He wants us to doubt his faithfulness, to doubt his love for us, to to worship ourselves, to get, and it, not, it might not always be about getting our eyes on Satan or thing, but He wants us to look at ourselves as idols that we have power, we have control, and all. Of and because I was put in a position where, like, I don't have control over any of this, I don't have, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I trust God. I mm-hmm. trust that He knew and allowed. Like God has never said, "Oops, my mistake." <laughs> I, I never, I never thought about that. I never thought about that happening. What am I going to do now? God has mm. never, like that has never crossed his plate, his thought ever. So having the security in that and having my identity that has helped me so much to, to the biggest thing is helped me to stop thinking about me. Mm. It's helped me to stop thinking about my situation and thinking about how I can help others and how I can serve and how I can use this platform. Um, Because a lot of people that don't have that foundation built on the rock of God, of Jesus Christ and his character, and they go through crazy stuff like this. And they need hope. They need help. They need uh, to believe that they can have life again. So that's why I ended up um, getting inspired to start a foundation that's going to benefit people that have gone through life, life altering um, accidents uh, and provide life changing resources to help them find freedom and hope again.
0: Mm -hmm. What kind of resources?
1: Uh, Financial, whether it's um, just money to pay for medical bills or uh, to pay for procedures or surgeries or uh, continued therapy. Or, you know, some people need uh, doors widened in their house. Some people need ramps. Some people need um, to they want to drive again. So they need five hundred dollars to pay for their driving evaluation. Um, there's all types of things and then there's the emotional support there's providing uh, um, wheelchairs and equipment so people can play sports again Mm -hmm. and do active things like that um and it doesn't stop there but just you know being able to help people that face life change like community is so important like there's the place I go to here in Brooks uh Brooks in Jacksonville called Brooks rehab and it has just they have this independent um workout program that you can do and a lot of people just come for the community. Mm. You know, they, they come every five days a week so they can be around other people that are going through the same things, but can give them, shed them light because there's so many people that have experienced this, but they, they can go one of two ways. They can go down depression and despair and darkness, or they can say, Hey, I'm grateful for life. And they say, joy, I'm going to live my life. I'm going mm. to control what I can control. And take each day one at a time. And I'm not going to let my circumstance affect my mental capacity to believe that my life is still meant for greatness. And those people have inspired me that are there at Brooks Rehab to, to continue, like, man, he's been in that this situation for 15 years and he has that much joy. All right, I'm good. That's all I need to see.
0: Wow. It's funny you say that. I was doing my quiet time this morning. And I wrote this down just in case it was going to come up, but it was along the lines of what you just said of not focusing on your circumstances and having joy in your circumstances. Um, but it, initially it was talking about, um, let me look over here.
1: Where is it? What, what verse were you looking at? Was it was it Romans, Romans 5, 3 through 5?
0: No, it was actually Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: It was good. There was this one sentence is said, deciding which direction to place your thoughts is an essential part of transitioning well. And it made me also think about your contentment. So what is your contentment or I guess your mindset been like, and how have you been able to stay content in your circumstances?
1: Well, one of the biggest things uh, it was, you know, everyone's writing me letters and stuff, something that really stuck out to me in one of the letters. I can't remember what scripture that they they reference but it, it it the letter culminated and said this circumstance is nothing but a simple thing to god this is right this is hello a simple, it's a simple thing to guys and i'm like dang yeah that's true like this is like nothing to god like we're, we're, we're talking about god who spoke the world the earth the universe into existence like my situation and circumstance I am content in knowing that God can first off change my circumstance like that, but also he's going to, he's using me. He is literally using me Mm. to help inspire people, um, to point them to him, to uh, like what it, the feedback, and I'm not even asking for it, but the feedback I get from people that have heard how I've approached, you know, my situation, it's, it's, it's been incredible. Um, so just me living in my contentment and saying like, you know what, none of this circumstance affects me being a good husband, a good father, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend. It doesn't affect any of that. So let me just live my life and trust God. Like that's it. I fall back on that. Literally that's, I just keep falling back on that.
0: Oh, again, so good. (laughs) Is there anything else that is like at the top of your mind, do you want to talk about the, in the final minutes of our hour here?
1: Um, so one other thing, you know, um, I was listening to the great, the great John Piper. <sighs> He's so guy. good.
0: Solid guy. And
1: solid guy, right. And, um, he was talking about the Israelites that were stranded for 40 years and um, after they were freed. And it's like, at times we can be like the Israelites of saying, God, why why did you take me out of this situation and bring me here? You know, where are you? Why, why, why do I have to be in this place? And it goes on in Hebrews three, three and four. And it talks about the reason that the Israelites were stranded in uh, the desert for 40 years you know it wasn't because they didn't like they saw the miracles they saw the things that happen but they had unbelief in their hearts they had unbelief of the goodness of god they doubted god and that's that's pretty much what it what it what it says and it's like the only thing we need to fear is unbelief is doubting the fear doubting god so what's the reverse of that the promises of god should make us fearless mm completely and utterly fearless of whatever this world has to throw at us. So when I when I hear that, I'm like, gosh, I've already won because I have a God that can't lose. I serve a God that has already brought me into his family. Um, and I'm going to use this platform with whatever is next. And I challenge people, you know, don't waste your life thinking about the things you could have done or what the future holds. The best time to make change and take a jump and have faith. And to put your faith into action is literally right now, today, Mm -hmm. because we don't know what tomorrow holds and there is nothing we can do about
0: yesterday. Wow. (laughs) You keep leaving me speechless. I'm like, yeah, I'll figure out a way to transition this. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) You're hilarious. (laughs) Um, Sincerely, thank you so much for taking the time. And I I hope this will also help your foundation and- and point people um towards your story and and ultimately like towards god too so yeah um appreciate it hey thanks for giving this episode a listen if this episode resonated with you please leave a review and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts oh one more thing stay in the know on insta tag a former athlete teammate friend foe family member you get the point I would love to connect with you. Okay, friends, that is all she wrote. I'll see you next week.